let's go ahead and talk ball screen defense here. We'll kind of go through several of the points with it, and then we'll again show you some clips and then break it down with the, the small sided game at the end here. So yeah, probably my favorite thing to watch Virginia do. Like they they yeah. just really again, I'll do respect to the other pack line teams, but um they really just just jumps off the screen at you with now sometimes it gets them in trouble. I will mm-hmm. I will admit that I've watched them you know, jump out there really high with the hard hedges and like, man, like this, this, this isn't gonna, yeah, you're gonna have to adjust. And, and they've done that. Yeah. Um, but, but a very disruptive um, tech technique where first, again, all things pack line starts with ball pressure. Like if you're guarding the ball in pack line, you should have the utmost supreme confidence to get up and get into your man and really heat up the ball handler. Why? Because I know that I have four teammates who are in the pack, one feet in, two feet in, inside that 17-foot arc, who, like, I'm going to pressure the ball. I'm going to make this guy uncomfortable with the ball, and I can do so knowing that I have my teammates in support ready to make sure that that paint's not penetrated. So it's like a lot of the pack line coaches I've worked with in my mentoring program, it's like their their opponents are a little too comfortable right? because they've got the pack part okay. The four off-ball players are sagging and in the paint, um, but then they're, they're, not, um, they're not on the ball enough, and then mm-hmm. like, this team's too uncomfortable. They're too connected. You know, they're, they're, the ball's just moving side to side, and they're just getting worn to death on defense by not really heating up the ball and getting – and I, I would equate it like think of a quarterback who's standing in the pocket. If he's got all day to throw, man, like, I don't care how good we are. Right. It, you know, we got to have a pass rush, right? Like, or this this is not going to go well. So that that ball pressure, getting into the personal space of the ball pressure of the ball handler, you know, creates this. The second, and as it pertains to ball screen, is like we want to make this guy. I think it's one of your next bullet points. Is like make them push, make them accept and use the screen exactly. Like, like we're gonna we're gonna push up into the man that when there's a ball screen coming, they 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 go on and use it. Right. I think that's one of the misconceptions about pack line is that it is basically a man to man zone. And while there are elements that should look like that, you really do have to apply ball pressure. Mm-hmm. And you know, getting up into them doesn't doesn't mean that you have to go chest to chest with the guy with the ball. Like you'll see in the clips that we show you. They're just an arm's length away, but the the ball handler is very aware that that, that guy's guarding him and sure. he's not comfortable. I think that's the word that you use. Like he he's not comfortable. He doesn't just feel like he can just pass it wherever he wants to. And in regards to this pushing into the screen, like you're dictating where the offense is going. And mm-hmm. too many defenses kind of just react and just, well, this is where the offense wants to go. We're going to stay in front of them. No, you actually push them where you want them to go on the floor, and that kind of cues the rest of the, in this case, the, the ball screen defense. I like the other thing that makes them so, you're talking about just Virginia in particular, about how how fun they are to watch in pack line, but then especially once you get to ball screen defense, there are just so many, like their body position, as the picture shows here, like their hands are always in the right place, taking away vision, making the guy with the ball uncomfortable. And I think that's that's what kind of separates what they do with a lot of other teams that say that they run pack line. And, you know, another thing about the ball pressure, um, what I would, any coach that's listening would encourage is let's, let's, let's watch the guy with the ball. Let's look at his head and his eyes. If, if we don't have adequate ball pressure, 
it's going his eyes are his head is up his eyes are up and he's looking at their flex screen or their down screen or their their you know curl pop action he's he's able to look at all that she's able to look at all that and assess okay i want to pass it to him or hers if their head is up and their eyes are up because of inadequate ball pressure it just makes the defensive job harder we're going to defend more actions more reversals more the next thing the next thing right and the chances of us erring in the future go up the more things that they're able. But if this guy's head goes from, oh, what, let me see, let me look for what I want to throw, who, down to you, now now that vision field has narrowed. And it's like they're in blinders now. And, and that's what we want with ball pressure. And then like you're talking about, now we're, we're using our body positioning to make this guy do what we want them to do, except this screen where we're going to, I think, bullet point number three would be hedge from the big. Man, that was man. We what a segue right there, right? <laughs> That's good. That was good. You know, and hedging from the big again doesn't necessarily mean. I saw somebody actually describe it as like they're trapping the ball. I think that's more of something that you would do special wise. The hedge is just simply we're trying to keep him from turning the corner and getting into the paint while still allowing him to operate in the center of the floor. Because again, we want to funnel everything kind of towards the middle of the floor there. It's just that in this case with those two, what you typically see, the two hard steps out mm -hmm. that they're just pushing him back up the line, but keeping him corralled in the center of the floor so that they can't go back to the outside and cause problems by going baseline. This is a hard thing to get to do. I, I taught trapping ball screens hard. and hard hedging things. And I just was, you know, I'd have a few bigs that, that would do it, but like it was it always a like very talented teeth. big man. Yeah. It was like always pulling teeth for the to get the big man to want to jump out there. Like they they're not comfortable. To... I don't. I don't feel like most big players are are comfortable with that, or have even feel like they have, or have ever been called to have the yeah. foot speed, the lateral foot speed, to get out there and hedge like that with two big steps. Yeah, their 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 basketball playing career up until this point has been, hey, you know, Big Johnny, you don't come out of the paint, right? Mm -hmm. So like they'll want to sit back and 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 um and and play almost like a one man zone right in the middle of the lane. But, um, you know, Virginia has, uh, athletic bigs guys that, that, but again, they, they don't always, they've had some kind of stiffer, big body, mm -hmm. you know, kind of lumbering type bigs, but they still jump out there. They're going to do what they're coached to do. A and lot of that has to do with anticipating too. Like yeah. they, they see the ball screen go on. Most bigs are late to the ball screen. So they're they're already underneath of where their man is. And by the time that they're called upon the hedge, they're in the wrong spot. They just foul. You watch a lot of the Virginia guys. They're on the outside hip of the guy who's going to set the screen. They're already in a position. And then when they hedge, they are low. They are wide. They have big arms. And they use mm -hmm. that length to really force the guy back up the line towards the half-court line there. So if it's okay, I'm going to interject some teaching points that I use to teach hedge that – I don't know if they're part of the pack line language or not, but like what I taught is hedges is the first thing is we want to get hip to hip or, and foot to foot with the screener. Yeah. So like if the screener is up there sitting, say a classic middle midline ball screen and they're facing one of the sidelines, uh, maybe they're facing the, the left sideline, like sort of looking away from the, maybe the bench I'm on. Well, then my, my left foot would be right, right by their right foot. So I'm, I'm up above the screen or hip to hip, foot to foot with the screener, not behind them, not definitely not below them. I'm above them hip to hip or foot to foot. Second thing is like, we've got a side of our body that's sort of to the, to the half court line side 
and we want to widen that side of our body. So I've got an arm out and a leg out because if this guy does, my teammate is pushing him in the ball screen, makes him accept it. I don't want the ball handler to go downfield. I want him to dribble back toward the half court line. We call it making go, making him go north. I want him to go north, right? Like back up away from their basket. And I'm going to keep this side of my body wide. So if he does want to drive around me, he's got to do it weight like on a big arc. And then I'm going to, then the next thing, the next teaching point, we call the hedge a two second trap. It's sort like you mentioned, it's sort of like a trap, but it's not, it's a two second trap. So we would go two seconds or usually two steps, two seconds with the ball handler uh, and the ball handler's defender who's going to go over the top, which I think is another teaching point we have on our bullet bullet points. So it does sort of look like a trap. And I want that, I want that big to really like get up there and get wide. And if this guy wants to come around the screen, man, he's got to do it that you're sternum. Like it's not going to happen. He's got to dribble north and go wide around you. And then we're going to move that two second trap with him and then get off it when the on ball defender sort of calls you off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if it's done well, like that last point, the the screener goes over the person who's being screened goes over the top. There's no there's no lane penetration. I mean, we we stopped them. So you kind of you're back in neutral position is what I like to say. Yep, absolutely. Very disruptive. Like a lot of the a lot of times a ball handler is used to like a defender being down or back in the paint. So they're they're coming way too fast out of control into the screen. And then you jump out there. I had one one or two players that I coached over the years who was who got who developed the good hedging skill. And they would just like draw charges of just popping mm. back there where some out of control defender would hit him in the chest and they take a charge right there at the top of the circle in front of the, all the spectators, all the, I mean, like that's, that's an easy call ref because charge, like you went right through her, you know? So um, yeah, jump out there. Okay. So you're seeing more, you know, people always ask where the ball screen is happening and then what mm-hmm. kind of, what kind of, uh, ball screen defense called coverage do we have based off of that so two here within the within the pack line defense first one side ball screen so the outer thirds of the court um hard hedge just everything we just talked about show big show i'd put the word big in there big show remember we want to exaggerate that outside part of our body arm and leg way out there big show by the screeners the defender make the ball handler dribble towards the half court line yeah so outside of the third, high ball screens in the middle third, maybe a little more level. I personally, when we taught hedges, did it in all thirds of the court. Mm-hmm. But, but um, you know, when you're, you know, I can see maybe leveling a little more level with the ball in the middle third of the court. Um, but that's that's neither here nor there. But but the main thing is is like we're 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 at least level. We're not lower. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're not down low. We're at least level, and we're setting an edge. When the ball screen is set, our def- that screener's defender sets some sort of edge, maybe a little bit more level if it's in the middle third. But uh, or or if you want them to jump out there, there's some sort of edge being set by that screener's defender. Okay, and then two slides here. Let's go ahead and show the first one here. This is the one where um, you're not necessarily getting all the way out and taking the two steps out. Um, but just showing on the high yeah. side there. Yeah, great edge. Edge has been set, right? So the guy guy goes into the ball screen, and you see how he's hip to hip, foot to foot with the screener. He's 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 above him, hip to hip, foot to foot with the screener. 
He's got this outside hand free showing width. His his outside foot is really high. So if this guy does want to round around that 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 ball screen, it's a it's a non-threatening rounded dribble back toward the half court line. Mm-hmm. All right. And then the one with the two hard hedge. He actually hard hedges so well that the guy rejects it and goes the other way. Absolutely. Direction. That's what we want. I want him to run into my sternum or turn back. That's a turn back. Perfect. Yeah, in the bottom left, what we were referring to there, if he does use it, so it doesn't turn back. So in the top right is when he turns back. But if he doesn't turn back, what you have there in the fast draw diagram, X1 going over the top of the ball screen, the ball screener, and underneath of the ball screen defender. That way he's meeting the ball handler once he comes okay. off the edge there. Okay, good. So. Yeah, man, that's a great example. But that, 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 um, Right there, bam! Like, yeah. man, that's good. Just sudden. He's just really sudden in his timing of that, of that, and like, just man, that's, uh, that's uh, good I, stuff. That's like, I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. All right, and and these you can run these very similar to, um, you know, the last small side game that we had. We actually started with a coach, and. Uh, a lot okay, of transition. Yeah. This is one lot of transition. We'll set like a drag screen. So you could do like that or a quick ball screen. So the ball comes back up out of the corner and you immediately go straight into a ball screen there. So on the throw back up, X1 you pushes into the ball screen and then you can employ all of the tactics that we just talked about there. Yeah. And let's talk about the trade-offs. Like what sometimes, um, you know, what I've seen happen in a Virginia game uh, is they get beat with a short roll a little bit. Like they jump out there and the guy short rolls or, or um, you know, a guy gets off the ball really quick and puts them 4v3 while there's two on the ball. Um, you know, some slipping. Some I, I can't remember who they played one time who, who really first few possessions of the game, you know, like, you know, in, I think it was a tournament game. Like I know what I'm going to see because we've been getting ready to play this team. And they, they, they would slip that screener and hit and play 4v3. So, um, you know, that's the trade-off. You, you're, you, you can't expect as a coach not to be able to – you can't expect as a coach to, to attempt something this aggressive where you're jumping out there exposing that big man and then you've got to be thinking, you know, a little bit pessimistically about, okay, well, how will good teams and good coaches counter this and, and have a plan for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so closeouts and ball screen defense. So far, we've covered four things. We're gonna next week go and talk a little bit about um, post post D, yeah, mm-hmm. post defense, and then also rebounding out of this. Okay, um, we'll see if we can go from there. If anybody has any other comments, questions about things going forward, but that's probably where we'll finish it up. So um, those three. Um, anything else as far as what we talked about this week? No, I mean just uh, you know. Those are things that to, to, to build into your drills and games daily. And, and yeah. you know, be, I would say, I, I do have another thought. Like, I would say, be careful about sticking with technique driven drills too long on this because, like, I, as an introductory tool, I want them to know run, run, chop, chop. And I want them to know big step, big step when they're going from help to man, right? Like, but, I mean, a good athlete and a good player is technique-wise and is going to be able to demonstrate that fairly quickly in a controlled drill. That's, uh, that's, I think we, when we did it, we spent too much time on that. And looking back, like, sure, the technique was okay, but sometimes we ended up just not good in games. 
because I think we spent a little bit too much time on looking on working on the small details. Yeah. And like, like the, the idea of like, we're using this drill that's sort of like maybe non-live or semi-live to, to, to focus on technique. We got to figure out if we can do this against live bullets. And the only way to do that is to sort of put it out there against live bullets. Right. So, so, um, yeah, that, that's maybe one critique that I've had of a lot of, of, of maybe like ardent pack line coaches is like day after day after day mm-hmm. after day of closing out uh, uh, in, in what I would call like introductory phase A entry level type technique drills mm-hmm. that, that, you know, let's, we got this. Now we got to see if we can do it. Right. Like, and, and, and how hard it actually is and, and things like that. Uh, we usually ended up pretty good by second semester because we put, we had played games first semester, but I feel like if we'd have played a little bit more and, and emphasized whatever those closeouts or whatever it was, we would have been better earlier. And you can always regress, right? Like you can always like, 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 like say you get, a few scrimmages and games under your belt and you've been going live and you've done all the things that you and I are talking about right now. And be like, you know what? We've kind of forgotten our technique. So guess what? Tomorrow we're going to get the boring old drills out again and make and polish that up. You can, you can walk up and down that spectrum as a coach when needed. I just think maybe like a reminder for not just closing out or whatever we're talking about, but like just in general is like, like move more toward the game. Like, conditions sooner in order to really let your players discover what stop short feels like to them what chop chop feels like against good players and 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 against maybe not so good players because they 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 want to get a feel for being able to do this in sort of a, a, a an evolving environment that's the game Totally agree. Totally agree. Before we go, I want to tell you about our sponsors from Sideline Interactive. You may be wanting to increase the revenue for your program or improve the look of your gym. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer of scoring tables and video display boards from high schools and coaches, colleges around the country. To find out more about Sideline Interactive, visit sidelineinteractive.com. Appreciate all of you who joined us this week on the live show. If you missed any part of the show, you can go back and watch the full episodes on the Radius Athletics YouTube page. Just search Hoops Forum plus Radius Athletics. Or you can see listen to the full show on a Quick Timeout podcast. Just search for a Quick Timeout, and there you'll find the audio version of this show. Thanks for tuning in this week. For Randy Sherman, I'm Tony Miller. We'll talk to you again next week on Hoops Forum.